Hello and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I talked to my friend Ngapha about social media platforms, why they're so good at pulling people in, and how they affect the lifestyle of their users. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Joining me today on call is my friend Ngapha. How are you doing? I'm surviving. I guess that's the best response we can get these days. Yeah, lockdown has been taking a toll on everybody. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ngapha, and I'm a high school student who is severely addicted to social media. It's my pleasure to join with Lok on this episode, and I hope I can bring a bit of my own perspective on today's topic. I was about to um, introduce the topic, but I guess you have already spoiled what we're going to talk, okay. be talking about today. Um, it's social media, and it's quite a hot topic actually. And many people have sort of heaped scorn on the heavy use of social media, but nevertheless, social media is still a part of many of our lives. I know that it's a part of my life, and as you've introduced, it's a very big part of your life as well. What's your screen time looking like? Um, I have to admit that, yes, as, as I have said, I am addicted. I'm a real addict. And um, I use my phone from nine to 10 hours a day, not a week on average. And, you know, sometimes my screen time can even reach almost 13 hours, which is very alarming, I would say. Do you have sort of a schedule? Like, I will do social media when I wake up or do you just do it whenever you feel like it? I do have one schedule for my daily dosage of uh, social media, like two to three hours in the evening only. But I must say that I am not a highly disciplined person. So I break the rules I set all the time. What are your favorite social media apps and websites? What are the things you post on those apps and websites? Um. I think currently my favorite platform is TikTok. And uh, if you haven't heard about it, which is impossible, TikTok is where we can create and uh, consume tons of, you know, videos, short videos. And, um, you know, uh, although I use TikTok a lot of hours a day, I'm not a content creator. Instead, I'm just a consumer who watch the videos that other people make. Uh, you know, filming my own TikTok requires a lot of effort. So it is a no-no for me. Platform was the word that I was looking for. I was going to keep saying apps and websites for the whole podcast. But I guess I know the correct word now. And actually, it's not like it's not impossible for people to not know about TikTok because I think there are billions of people in the world who have never even make, made a phone call, which is a quite crazy statistic. But I'll give you that. If you're listening to this podcast, then you probably have heard of TikTok already. I think we can all agree that social media in today's world is 
quite popular. And with its popularity, its flaws get scrutinized as well. It is said that social media invades privacy, causes addiction, and provides a platform for cyberbullying, scams, frauds, hackers, and others to take advantage of unsuspecting victims. Social media also facilitates harmful speech and misinformation. What are some other disadvantages that stand out to you? And what do you think, as a sort of hardcore user, is social media's biggest flaw? Uh, I would say that you just mentioned them all. However, I believe that the most dangerous thing about such platforms lies in their, you know, uh, their considerable influence on the whole society. I mean, um, the the developers of those apps have invented some sort of uh, algorithms that can make some specific content go viral, which includes misleading and harmful information. And yes, as a result, many people, especially impressionable audience like children um, who are still forming their own perception of the world are deeply affected by such content. I think that most of us, like if we're asked what is social media's problems, like what are the problems with social medias, then we will be able to answer quite easily a few of the flaws. And to a certain degree, most people are aware of the flaws of social media. Many of us remain on social media still because of its obvious advantages, things like instant communication, you can learn a lot from educational content, and you have an enormous audience with whom you can share whatever you want, like not whatever you want, sometimes you might get reported, but uh, my point is that there's a lot you can share with a lot of people. Those are all part of the appeal of social media. But beyond that, though, social media is not just useful to certain people. Social media can become quite addictive. What factors of social media do you think is behind this dangerous allure? So uh, I would say that usually our virtual lives are much better than our real one. And uh, for some people whose life is not you know, really satisfying, social media is a much better option for them to, you know, to, uh, to live in. And um, also, I guess, another contributor is the um, unlimited source of information that social media can provide us with. Um, I mean, when you swipe up or swipe down, you have a chance of coming across your favorite topics. And that's why it is, it is sort of addictive uh, and we cannot stop. You know, I want to mention one uh, syndrome that I'm very interested in, and that is called, you know, the FOMO one, the fear of missing out syndrome. I believe that we, to some extent, all suffer from the sim- such symptoms. And when we use social media, we always try to prolong our using session to, you know, to just acquire more information there. I know that you've mentioned a lot of problems on the ends of the users. For yourself, you say you're not disciplined enough, and for some people, they're just fearing they will be missing out on something. But sometimes calling social media addictive and calling people who use social media a lot addicts may be suggesting that it's just the user's problems. But let's not forget that social media needs users to be engaged. So 
that they can make money, right? Because of this, the design of social media is tailored to sort of pull people in. I think one of the ways that social media is making itself very addictive is the like button. This is present in almost all of the social media's platforms these days, and it creates a need for people to feel validated when they post something online. And there's also um, reciprocity involved. You know, sometimes when you when somebody likes your post, you kind of feel like you're obliged to go on social media and like their post back. And then there are also apps that have been specifically targeted at each user. And many apps like Facebook and YouTube will have pages that scroll forever and never get to the bottom of. And also Facebook has added features like Facebook Watch and Stories. These features are there to try and keep the users on the app and the website as long as possible. And on Snapchat, there's this very interesting thing called Streak. And I know this works because it works on me as well. I don't use Snapchat, but it's sometimes the only thing that keeps me completing my Duolingo lessons because I love to keep my streak. Right now I'm on like 30 day streak, which is something that I'm very proud of. This streak thing, it plays into one of the fallacies that humans are very vulnerable to, which is the sunk cost fallacy. It is a tendency to follow through with your investment, even if abandoning it is a better move. For example, if you have painted half of your house and you feel really tired, you're more likely to say, I just finished this because I've already done so much, instead of saying, I'll stop and hire a person to do it for me. And I have another example, which I have just thought of because of the Steve Harvey Show clips I've seen on Facebook Watch. So basically, there's a segment called Ask Steve. And so people ask the host, Steve Harvey, a few questions. And once I remember seeing a girl asking Steve Harvey whether she should abort an unhappy relationship or not. And she is unhappy, but she doesn't want to break up because she has invested six years on the relationship or something like that. And at the end of the day, even though hiring a painter may save you from hard labor and calling it quits on broken relationships may save you from pain, it is likely that the decisions you make may turn out to be suboptimal because past investments have been given too much weight. And I'm sure the list goes on. Facebook and Twitter and something, they are very rich and they can hire a lot of high-profile psychologists. And we as users probably don't get to know all the trickery that is involved. We know that this, wait, I've just realized I've been talking for very long.